Welcome back to Coaches on the Beach, and today we have part two of our Christmas holiday special. Uh, what we get into today is talking about the AVC convention, uh, beach volleyball, defense was a main point of topic, also different video systems that we're using, and then if you stay all the way to the end, Katie Leak joins in pretty late, and you get to hear an update about LSU beach volleyball. We have Vince Miranda, Gary Payne, RJ Abella, David Fisher, Dylan Huff, Dave Palm, and Katie Leak all joining us here. Um, we hope you enjoy it, and then have a great rest of your holiday break. And then we'll be back with beach volleyball here starting in January. Vince, where where are you currently located? Where are we where are we checking in from? Uh, Chicago, Illinois. Chicago, Illinois, the old stopping yeah. ground. The windy That's cool, city. Man. Yeah, I'm yeah. Uh, I'm staying with some family right now. They're taking me to and from all my appointments uh rehab and getting my leg braces uh got fitted for my leg braces today so i'm super pumped about that so sweet dude yeah. well uh, hopefully are you there for the holiday hopefully yeah yeah uh throughout the new year so i'm pretty pumped golden dude golden yeah. gary where are you are you live from kingsville yep yep some of us are still recruiting i got a recruit coming at flying in tonight at 10 30. <laughs> oh so are we seeing you at convention or no Nope. Gary, you're going to nope. miss you, but um, good luck with the recruit, unless it's somebody that Michael and I are also recruiting, <laughs> at which point um, we, we don't wish you the same level of awesome. luck. Dude, that's, RJ, what's going awesome. on, man? Uh, what's up, dude? It's good to doing? see you. It's good to see you, too. It's good to see you, too. Look at you, the mustache and everything. I, it's, I grew it out from November, and now it's like December. I'm like, I kind of like it. Yeah, it's it, it, so RJ, are you you're not going to convention, right? I, no, I am. I oh nice. I have you better be six forty five flight tomorrow morning. Oh, I still gotta okay. I gotta pack and all that. So that's <laughs> awesome. And then fish, you're on your way down right now. Uh, uh, no, I'm not <laughs> not going to convention. What? Oh, okay. Right. It is. Uh. It is. I think I'd go about three out of every five years now. Okay. So I'd like to go. It'd, it'd be fun. But my brother's visiting from London and Santa Barbara. My dad's getting remarried. Um, it's a whole like family trip in Santa Barbara. So oh, wow. that'll Dude, be my. You are busy. That'll be my big trip. Well, that's cool though. Like congratulations artist. to all of them, like coming over and then having well remarried. That's that's big. Yes. Yes. What a bummer, uh, though, because it's finally in a warm place <laughs> true. and it's closer to you. Right. Uh, but it's going to be hard to get tickets to the matches. That's always like 35% of my of my mind space is like, how am I going to get tickets this year? Like one time Dan Fisher was going to leave early, so he left me his tickets. It's a uh, but the best thing to do is just get invited into a suite. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But if you. If you just bank on that, then you end up might not getting into a game at all. That's right. Yeah. What, what could what you? I, as I say, I need Nebraska to make it to the finals. <laughs> no big red. Because every year that they made it to the finals, I've sold my tickets because those Nebraska fans are nuts. <laughs> I remember oh, yeah. I sold just the championship match ticket for five hundred dollars. No, you did not. Yeah, there was a Nebraska fan that was like, what? I will buy one ticket for 500 Jeez. Nice. So 
I just pray that they go to the finals. And I'm like, I'll just watch it from a bar. Like, How weird I, for that, like that one Nebraska fan to, to go sit and they're surrounded by a bunch of volleyball coaches. <laughs> just, oh, yeah, right. Uh, one really <laughs> they're probably in heaven. They're like, guy. oh, man, this is so worth it. Like, <laughs> I, I'm sitting next to Kevin Hambly. Oh, my goodness. Like, <laughs> yeah. And all of the commentary, like, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. just surrounded by commentary. Oh, yeah. man. That's that's the, quite the subtle drop, though, by David Fisher mentioning his long-lost brother, Dan Fisher. Um, right, Pitt, head coach of Pitt. How do you – right, so, David, I've never been very good at this whole sneaking a ticket, getting invited to a sweep thing. Could you talk me through the strategy so I could prepare myself um, yes. to do this? Yes, you uh, you embed yourself with either USA Volleyball or with a uh, a clothing vendor who's got uh, a suite. And what you what you want is them to give you a ticket, but that's that's swinging for the fences. If they say you just get in, and then come find our our box, and we'll find a way to get you in there. That's what you want because then there's food and drinks, and ideally you bounce from one box to the other. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh-huh. right. That's... There's a lot of agreement here. This was not RJ. You were supposed to prepare me for convention many a year ago when I first started going. This was not on the pamphlet, right? And I just want to know where this advice is going, why it's dying, and why I'm just now finding out. I think it's because by the time you we linked up, I stopped going to the games. Mm. Probably. That's a fair point. That's yeah. a fair point. Because I the lot. I've gone a couple times where I've gone sweet hopping, but I just haven't gone to the games the last couple of years. So, yeah. but what exactly what David said, like you get in with an organization. Yeah. Like my in was JVA. Oh, so it was mine. Yeah. JVA. <laughs> and then I end up bouncing to like the USA volleyball suite. And then you bounce to, uh, oh my goodness, what's that clothing? apparel company that always has like the rocks yeah rocks <laughs> then you just bounce into the rocks sweet here and there but it's seriously just that's if you can get in the game and you just get in with one or you know someone that's in like just oh yeah just tag along and then you just once you're in it's you're over. just bouncing yeah. bouncing bouncing like it's it's pretty mm. cool what a fun world you can't even get a ticket now right like you were talking about with nebraska the moment they won their, um, the oh, moment yeah. they won their their regional final, it was the, all the tickets were sold out. I think you can you can't buy any tickets, dude. And just think venue. like, oh, it's probably snowing and frozen in Nebraska, and we can go to Tampa and watch the Cornhuskers. Like, no, like, they just travel like crazy when it comes to the final four, man. Oh, yeah. it's yeah, it's no holds barred. Like, oh, it costs whatever. Okay, like you said, yeah. five hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's the big Nebraska trip, man. Hey, wherever we gotta go, we're we're gonna go. We can't Nebraska do beach anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right, Gary. I forget that you're a Nebraska fan. Yep. Dang, that must be a good life in volleyball. Not so good of a, a football, basketball. Not after not <laughs> after the '90s, it hasn't been good in football. Yeah, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of um, football teams that have really turned around, Dylan Huff. How, how the heck are we? Um. Got better days here in Jacksonville, but we're we're still atop the division. So I think I was gonna... about to say you're number one. I don't want to hear anything from you. All right, <laughs> you're number one. we lost. We've lost two in a row. 
you seriously are at the top of the division, aren't you? you? In a row, you didn't lose to Jake Browning and Joe Flacco, though. No, we lost to the Broncos, okay. and we lost to the Lions. Well, you lost to Josh Allen. Yeah, but we also lost to Russell Wilson. He yeah, hey, 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 let's take it easy on Danger Russ there, all right? He's cooking. He's cooking. He's, yeah, he's having a good time. He's he's comeback season. It's, Denver's all the agilities in the plane must have really be paying out, <laughs> paying off. But jeez, oh goodness! Uh, Anyone got any good stories from the fall? Any funny stories? Great moments from your team from playing? Since this is a beach volleyball podcast, I figured we'd throw in a little bit of volleyball. I mean, my I, I we had so many just funny moments like in practice that. You always see like people like their indoor teams, like they have just cameras always set up like inside their gyms and stuff. And they catch like when people trip over themselves or people make like amazing kick save plays and stuff like that. And that's something I want to do more of like with our practice where we can just have some type of camera that's always rolling out there. that can kind of just shoot as least as much of the courts in the facility as possible, because there's so many times there's just things that if you didn't see it, it's hard to just explain to people in the moment. Um, but like there was just so many like crazy plays, like girls making kick save diving plays, like one girl just like, she couldn't get her hands to a ball or anything. She just threw her chest in front of it and like perfectly passed the ball up to her teammate, got in system and transitioned it. Like just things like that, that I wish we would just see all the time. Unless like we're doing like a scrimmage or something in practice, that's like really the only time we'll like actually film it. So just have like a constant camera. They can kind of just see everything in practice, just to see those funny moments where people trip over each other. They're like, we're doing some type of running and people trip over the sidelines um, or people go up to like attack at the net and then their legs just give out and they don't even jump up off the ground. Just like funny moments like that that we'll, we laugh about and that, but you kind of have to be there to see it and like save those kind of moments for like end of the year, uh, like team banquets and stuff. Plus uh, fundraising, right? Because if you have a good funny video, you can submit it to America's Funniest Home Videos and win $10,000. That yeah. could be a good, right? That's a great way to take your team on a really great trip or do something fun with, you know, get them some extra gear. So that feels like an RJ Bella special right there. I bet you RJ's got, with how much film that guy's got stored on the computer, I bet you RJ's got some great clips of the squad. Well, see, now it's, since we're using ball time, it like, it cuts out all the dead time. So you can't see all the. The funniness yeah. in between plays or something like that. So, yeah, not as not as much. But wait, Ara, so are you you're not using huddle anymore? No, we went ball time. How is that? It's you can tell it's a a new product. Okay, I'll say that. But they make not, strides. Not and sponsored. Not sponsored. not sponsored yet. This not sponsored. you guys could get a, a sponsorship. Yeah, time. I gotta call Dan. Gotta call but Dan, see if we can get some cash. I mean, for what we use it for, it's it's half the price of Huddle. I'm sure. Like that's awesome. Yeah. Um, the teams on access. I mean, their team. So like, you could just tell them, "Hey, I have an issue." You contact them directly, and they mm -hmm. get back to you. Um, uh, functionality. Like, is it easy same? to share video? It's a lot easier to share video than Huddle. Okay. Like, so that's awesome. The the quickness of the breakdowns is sweet. Yeah. Um, but the dependability, like it, it depends a lot of it on the quality of your video and how you record. Oh. If you're if you got that on point, then there's no issues really. 
We the go hard ahead. part for Beach is like if anybody walks around in the background because it's all AI done breakdowns. So if if there's just four people on a court and a ball, it keeps up super well. It's perfect. If you start getting stuff in the background, like that's when it starts to miss some things. I like I love it because I'm watching all the video for all of our teams, and so like having it pre-broken down into 15 minutes instead of 45 minutes has been really nice for my life, um, which is pretty great. <laughs> like just the ability to watch five matches now takes me whatever that is, uh, you know, an hour and 15 minutes or so yeah. hour and 20 minutes. Whereas before it was like, even if I was doing a good job fast forwarding, that would take me three hours, two and a half hours. And so, I really appreciate that that timing. RJ, I don't know about you guys, but we started um, taking the raw footage and putting it unlisted on YouTube. And then yeah. it'll auto-pull from YouTube over to ball time. We, we did that for a little. Um, the only issue was that with the naming or the tagging of the video that was pulled, like you can't really change... Like I can't put the tag like this was a practice or it was a game or it's a scout when you pull directly. And so because we do put every practice on there and like it's hard to filter the through the different films. So, yeah, we just go you like direct. That, you like that search bar on ball time? Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. I know that was I remember. You're that welcome, baby. <laughs> That's but see, like that's of... that's a cool example. Like Colin's like, hey, like we should we should be able to search by the title or whatever, and all of a sudden, yeah, like the next day, like it, I almost I asked them for it, and they were like, all right, it should be good. And I went on there, and I was like, wait, was this always there? Like, did they just mess yeah. with me and like act like my feedback was good, or did they? Uh, but that's like it? that's that's what I mean by like you can tell it's a new product, where something like that would be like, oh, should that naturally be on there and maybe they just overlooked it but they were able to do it just like that that's awesome and so it's really I cool highly, that their team is like that yeah i highly recommend it like especially wow. for clubs i think i you as a club director or cl club owner like you could pretty much put that into your club fees but if anything it helps your athletes one is you could watch video break down for them, but then two, they can make easy highlight videos for recruiting. Yeah, like just yeah, because it has the same functionality as Huddle, right? You can take all the clips and yeah, within an hour or forty-five Dude. minutes to an hour, their whole match will be broken down, and they can select what they want. They have like a highlight builder to have like the title and everything. Like they have it all on there. Wow, that's yeah. That's really oh, I'm gonna look into it. That, we, that'd be that'd be amazing. We use the stats a lot, so we actually go through each play and correct all the codes if we have to. And I love that part of it. Whereas like huddle volumetrics, like you yeah. had to write off to say, hey, this is wrong. Can you fix this? It'd take a week. Whereas you can do it yourself. Like yeah. it right there. Oh, you use ball time as well? Yeah, we switched over this year too. Colin got me into wow. it and. Like that, that group that they're talking about, there's even a Facebook community page where everyone posts their questions and some of it really depends on you, but there's somebody monitoring it 24 seven. So if you have something, put it on there, they're going to get back to you right away. And I've had a couple of zoom calls with them that they've fixed everything I've said 
right the next day. That's yeah. awesome. Hey, Vince, if you do go for it, um, anybody <laughs> on ball time has a referral code. Oh, you're going to drop, drop your name? So, so hit one of the, you know, hit one of us up with a little, uh, little extra cash. Dave, that goes for you too, man. If you, uh, if, uh, if Palm Beach decides to, or Palm Coast decides to, decides to get ball time, make sure to hit one of us up with a little referral code. <laughs> what, uh, what, do, what does that cost a year? Uh, thank you. I paid 1500 the first year. Is it up to two grand now? I paid fifteen this year. RJ, your eyes got wide. We paid like fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas our huddle, our huddle, we were paying three thousand, and we weren't even getting any of the breakdown. It was just the storage device for us. It's silly, but it makes sense because huddle, you have to pay people to break down. Yeah. Where volumetrics, you just need to pay a dev, (laughs) and then you have your team. So. Dude, Ball see, time. this is where you guys get your sponsorships. So next Christmas episode, you could be like, and we have one ball time year membership to give away. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's how be, it works, That'd boys. be pretty legit. Yeah, that is how it works. Our and they would be it. given to one of our programs. <laughs> At, uh, well, yeah, there I, you I, go. I was reading the convention, like the ABCA convention, um, schedule or whatever and two people are doing like a live podcast at abca i I was like guys i was like dude what the heck we should be coaches on the beach should be there representing listen (laughs) i know dan meski is coaching at louisville or whatever but you know hey the beach people deserve some love too all right so we should have done this thing live and in the flesh but we'll have to give us uh the director next year yeah but anyway i mean talking about volleyball right are you guys um, what are you guys doing for your teams or your clubs, I should say, this kind of off season? Because I assume there's no tournaments right now um, for club for club crew, right? But it'll kick back up in January. What is like the winter break kind of look like for you guys? I'll let Dave speak because you know I'm still on the injured list. But I'll tell you what my girls are doing that I put <laughs> them up to. But go ahead, Dave, please. Um, actually, so um, I've. Uh stated my season a little bit different in the sense of I know a lot of clubs nationwide go indoor route um so we actually have our season from May all the way to end of January because we're I I like to structure it around high school beach and down here high school beach is really big like we got a lot of teams playing so we're actually in the middle or not middle towards the tail end of our season and we're prepping up actually for b volley in January so even though we have the holiday breaks, we still have girls practicing all of end of December, obviously not Christmas Day, but those few <laughs> days afterwards, days before New Year's. I mean, we got a lot of uh, events coming up. And then I would say after January, um, they get into high school beach season and then, you know, they're training three, five days a week, depending on the high school. That's super smart on your part because, I mean, if you were not doing that around their high school season, you're probably losing a few, if not a lot, of players due to high school practice and tournaments, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, in South Florida, at least particularly, every year we're gaining like five teams every season, right? Like this year, especially a lot more Miami teams are going. I'm fortunate enough to um, coach for a very notoriously known high school, St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, so we play a lot of, you know, really tough teams. We play Vero Beach where Wes Hawkins is. They have um, a lot of the Vero Beach girls that play over there. 
we play Westminster Christian. They have a lot of um, Miami girls, tribe indoor girls um, play for there as well. Um, so it's just growing so big. We're even, um, you know, I hate to say this, but, you know, we do take away some of the indoor girls and they show up a little bit late to indoor practices just because they love the atmosphere. They love for us. We have to rent out the courts on the beach because we don't have courts yet. So girls love being out on the beach and they're, you know, practicing 345 to 545 and they rush over to indoor practice. So it works out. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Let's do Vince, what are your girls doing this winter? It's a little colder up there, so I'm not sure you get to have the same uh, freedom of uh, winter practices outside. Well, um, I mean, uh, so let's take let's take uh, the Missouri girls. So Molly, Hallie, Rayleigh. Uh, Mia, they're all in their domes, uh, in their respective domes. Um, and so they're still in the sand um, and they're doing, they're doing practices with uh, some of the alliances that we have cultivated here in our, uh, what we like to call the, uh, the Mid-South region. Um, so uh, it consists of, well, my girls, uh, Jaja Beach and P413, uh, the Scherfenbergs. And like we've, this past year, we've come together so much. So where it's like, it, it, I, because of my accident, they picked up all the girls as if they were, uh, they were on. And I, one, everyone is very appreciative. I'm very appreciative because, you know, that's what I would do if I were in their shoes, you know. Um, I would have picked up any one of those girls, uh, as if they were my own. So, I'm um, just really happy about that. And, um, but on the tournament side of things, um, they're following the 1440, uh, they just, it right now, uh, that's kind of where juniors, the, where we saw the juniors game, as far as having to travel a lot more, uh, specifically a lot more than Dave, uh, <laughs> we have to travel a lot more um to get a lot of games in and so the 1440 offers not only the games but also offers the competition um so that's uh what they're doing and i believe that there's a 1440 at the end of the at the end of this month um and then it and then the and then the uh winter world mega happens and then b volley happens um so i just you know that's kind of what you know, we gear up for, but, uh, right now they're also enjoying their break. Um, they, you know, they went to ECC and they're on a downtime right now. Um, everyone has their individual practice plans that I've written out specifically for them. Uh, at least six pages long, uh, per player <laughs> per day, uh, per hour, <laughs> per hour. Yeah, uh, yeah. all of the skills. No. Um, but then with also um, going back to like the coalition that we have made in our uh, yeah. in our region, um, we're having like uh, Jaja Beach is hosting big practices like I used to host back in Springfield. So, um, you know, the, the girls all will all go. Uh, they had one earlier on when I was still in the hospital. Um, they're having one this weekend on Saturday in St. Louis. Um and so it's really cool because I they're videoing me in. That's and, awesome. And it's, I don't know, like I, I posted about it the other time. Um, I don't know if you guys say it, but 
it was just so cool because they put me on a Bluetooth speaker, they had me on a phone, and the girls, the girls said to their parents, and then I got the feedback from their parents. Um, it was like I was there, but not there. Um, like, don't get me wrong, I would rather have my toes in the sand, but um, just being around everybody uh, in a capacity that I was able to interact and have this type of you know conversation um, was hand over foot one of the best experiences i could have had in the hospital and i'm really looking forward to this saturday so that's what we're doing that seems like a dangerous setup though because if you ever annoy one of the players they just come over and mute you i mean (laughs) look if it happens it happens and i wouldn't be surprised to be honest (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing um gary i'm a little curious what what your off season looks like right you're coming fresh off of uh ncaa tournament run indoor Right. And now you're like gearing up for beach. So what do you do during this during this couple off period to kind of prepare yourself for another grind of a season? Uh, right now, well, I'll, I mean, obviously, all of our, our, all of our kids have been gone for two weeks already. So, yeah, some of some of them did their finals at home. They've been gone. They some of them. If I wouldn't have had a, meet, a team meeting, they would have been gone. Christmas week or Thanksgiving weekend when they come back, but uh, <laughs> had a meeting, made sure I had a meeting on that Monday after Thanksgiving. So they all had to come back. But uh, right now it's just, for me, it's just telling them they need to be touching the balls during the break and, and get staying in shape as much as possible. And then me now, since I'm taking over, you know, as a head coach that I'm going to start, I got to start putting together manuals and stuff like that and start getting, ready to we'll change we're going to tweak a few things but for the most part it's going to be pretty close to the same but we'll we'll tweak a few things and so um really that's pretty much it for me getting all their gear ready for when they come back and recruiting indoor yeah. still so uh so yeah indoor was good uh and like you were saying we made the run at the ncaa tournament this year uh actually we've been in the conference tournament for 27 years and this was the first year that we actually made it to the finals of the conference tournament. So it was a pretty big, pretty good, big year for us. And, and then obviously making it to the NCAA tournament played pretty good Metro team and lost, uh, lost in four, probably didn't play as good as we could have, but you know, that happens. Yeah. You guys have a pretty gnarly conference though, right? Like Angela's in there, West Texas. Yeah. West Texas has been to the elite eight the last three years, won it last year, lost in the finals this year. Um, yeah, Angelo has been down the last two years, uh, but they're on their way back up and, and Dallas Baptist was really good this year. And the three RMAC schools that made the NCAA tournament in our region, Metro state Regis and, uh, um, Colorado Mesa were all pretty solid teams all year long. So, so yeah, that's really about all I'm doing. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I try to spend a little bit of time decompressing, but then. Uh, I got to catch up on some video. Also, there's a ton of Beach Pro Tour. I mean, I don't know if anybody watched the the finals um, from last weekend over there in Doha, but a pretty pretty incredible time. Is there anything new that you guys are kind of seeing the sport kind of pick up and things that you're like, oh, that might be fun to bring into our team this spring or, or you know, our clubs this upcoming season? Yeah, I, I think the – I was going to say, I think the, well, on the men's side, I think jump setting has kind of be, been a thing that's kind of gone up and up over the last couple of years. And I think you saw like Miles and Andy really take that in on the men's side, like in the U.S., which 
like in the past, you always see those teams like Sweden and a lot of those international teams, like they kind of had that as a part of it and kind of like it adds to their offense that like you're freezing blockers and things like that. And I don't think we're going to do as much like jump setting, but a lot more of that like um, option type stuff where like our girls are really going to like jump in and be really aggressive hand setters and things like that. Because as you know, referees now are not really calling much with hands. So if you're not confident using your hands, like you just, you need to get there. Um, and so I think just doing a lot more things like that where you're doing a lot of things that are faking out and a lot of just high hand stuff that's kind of snapping and uh, putting the ball away like early in rallies like that with those kind of options and plays like that. Um, so I wouldn't say jump setting is something that we're going to do, but I do think that's something that you're seeing a little bit more. It was always kind of really international play, but I think like Miles and Andy have really brought that into the ABP. And I think that's what kind of elevated their game this year um, is that they just do that all the time and it freezes blockers and nobody knows where to go on them. And then they just have free nets to swing. Um, and then like Miles obviously being left-handed, like can just rip it whenever he's up there too. So I think just doing more things like that, that get our hands involved um, versus like platform setting, which is like I said, if referees aren't going to call doubles, then girls just got to start using their hands more. Yeah. I think it's, uh, Sarah Sponsel would like to have a word with you, Avery, about um, starting that uh, this jump setting thing, because I'm pretty sure she whipped it out about five years ago. Well, I know <laughs> she had, but I mean, I mean, she's, she's just one. That's what I'm saying. I think it's like becoming more of like more people like in the pro game are starting to do it more, because I think that's what separated her from everybody else, is that she was the only one doing that. Uh, on the yeah. w- women's side and that's what made her like that's why everybody wanted to play with her because she's just great with her hand she takes the pressure off you with her setting and option type play yeah it was just a fun right is another wrinkle right and then now making it intentional is a very fun i guess yeah. aspect of uh, and dave i think you talked about this a little bit too when when we had you on right but the the ability to kind of speed that offense up and and make things like that beyond that is there is there any you know pushing the pass direction are we are we changing things up from like uh, how we do things, right? The the basics of what we've always talked about. So what we started before I got into my uh, accident, what we started to focus on is pushing the pass um, in coordination to what type of offense that you wanted to run um, for that instance. So, um, you know, the the basic, you know, pass right in front of you or pass, uh, you know, in, in your half, uh, we started getting away from that to be able to set up uh, to set up those option uh, availabilities or to um, spread out their defense a little bit more to create defensive um, holes. Um, specifically, passing like in the middle of the court or or uh, even further than the middle of the court, like on their half uh, intentionally, and um, allowing an option to be uh, easier or allowing to spread the offense a little bit easier uh where they're at now i don't know um i have i i'm not too sure um but i'll see it this weekend so um just something that you know we're we're focusing on and then um you know really getting i mean i'm just what kills me and dave i don't know if this is something that's in south florida but our our high line and sharp cuts are not our high lines and sharp cuts. Like it's not as good as it can be. Um, and it's just, it's like, it's almost frustrating. Um, so uh, I know it seems a little rudimentary, um, but, you know, really focusing on that shape to get that high line that, you know, the back corner, um, like the five, five, you know, back corner is just something, something that I'm really adamant about. 
Um, and that being, and, and trying not to be completely, you know, too tricky with the sharp cut. Like you can do a lot while you're facing that sharp cut. You can swing middle, you can swing cross. Um, but like, if you, if you're facing line and you do like a wrist away, I mean, you're really, you, you, ha you only have so much ability there as I'm sorry, as a female athlete, where as a guy athlete, you can get away with a little bit more. Um, as a female athlete, they're getting a little bit more physical, but they're, you know, it's just, it's, 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 it's getting there. So, um, that's something that I know that I've been focusing on with, with my girls, um, uh, Bella, uh, Logaman, um, she's really picked it up, um, quite nicely, to be honest with you. Um, and so, and so has Mia Scanlon. Um, everyone else is still pretty much trying to do that wrist away and, it kind of, uh, it's like chalk, nails on a chalkboard for me. If it makes you feel better, Vince, we, uh, our girls do that all the time too. We actually came up with a name for it. Um, we called it the shuddy. Uh, so it's, uh, you can infer what that means to yourself, but anytime there's a bad cut shot that comes through, we just call it, Hey, you're hitting a shuddy again uh, and try to get them <laughs> back into, back into where they're going. Well said. Dave, what yeah, are you seeing in the game? For the women's side or the men's side? Both. Volleyball. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, yeah. Say, say, say. Well, I had, I had the pleasure of helping out um, the NTDP um, in Virginia. I think that was like a month ago. So I had the pleasure of doing that. And it was a, a two-day event, uh, about three sessions, day one, two sessions, day two, um, at least that's for the men and the women also, because I went there a little early to watch. Um, it's it's tough because I feel, you know, as a, a program that are trying to really refine and see who the best players are out there, which that's the way it should be, right? But then it's also tough because without the consistency of, you know, let's say, hey, from January to December, we're going to have a trial or we're going to select, I don't know, 50, 60 kids, whatever the numbers are. And these are the kids that are going to represent or go to all these practices for this entire year. So you have this revolving door of players. So it's very tough, um, at least what I witnessed, where coaches are implementing a system where they practice a system, whether it's, hey, we're doing jump setting or, hey, we're focusing on cut shots. Hey, we're focusing on high line. Um, hey, we're taking the, the game to the next level because even on the guy's side, um, I think it was the U23, Aiden Keeter, right? And um, oh, the Colorado kid, um, I'm forgetting his name. Um, one of the brothers, um, I forgot, but he's from Colorado. When I watched them, they were getting ready to travel overseas. And I didn't really see them work on so much what Andy and Miles are doing, jump setting, which is fine. They don't have to be the same exact team. But I feel like there needs to be an established system where everybody gets on board and says, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to teach from all the levels down and go from there. Like, honestly, in my professional experience and also playing experience, Andy and Miles' game is very different to everybody else. And nobody else has that style or is even trying to train that style to continue progressing right the youth to make sure we're hey next olympics we're in it next olympics we're in it internationally we're in it so you're starting to see all these countries overseas starting to catch up with us 
or even, you know, beat us out majority of the time because they just are either a teaching them something different or not afraid to try different things or just establishing a foundation for the youth. Um, and as far as the women's game, um, like you guys were saying, right, I can see the women's really jump setting, moving the ball around. Um, I personally would love and I teach my girls. We, we do a lot of different offenses where, hey, this whole practice, we're just running push sets to the pin, right? We're running a quicker offense. We're running uh, a quick back offense, right? Especially in South Florida, for us, you guys mentioned cut shot and high line. We're not gifted with really tall girls in South Florida. So, it, you know, comes dime a dozen or all the indoor players or indoor clubs take the tall girls. So for us, we have to establish a decent high line and a really good cut shot to move that blocker and defender way left, way right, and essentially playing cat and mouse with just one other player. Um, for my smaller players, that's what I try to focus on, saying, hey, your job is to pick on one blocker or defender, play cat and mouse, move them fully left, fully right, shallow, deep, jumbo, right, um, just to give them that chance to be effective at the next level, right, kind of like a Kristen Nuss type of game. Um, so at least for us, um, we do prioritize the high line in the cut because we just, I mean, honestly, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, just junior clubs. I don't think we got like many six footers or, you know, five eleven girls in South Florida that are full beach, right. Or fully playing beach. So, so yeah, for us, that's, that's a big must, but I can definitely see, colleges especially and the girls game really evolving to either faster offense or moving these blockers around really testing that's something i watch a lot for testing these girl blockers where their iq is right because it's very stationary right up and down not a lot of back sets so i'm curious to see if a blocker gets challenged in the women's game how efficient and how effective they can actually be by a deflection or funneling that ball to their partner yeah, I, I think it's interesting that you said the speed of the game because that's what I was noticing at the AVP or the AVCA Fall Championship was the speed of the game was winning a lot. Um, Dylan, what about like did you see anything at the championship that opened up your eyes or changed any philosophies that you were having? I mean, it pretty much confirmed like how you were saying, um, and like for us, we've always been undersized, and my ones blocker that earned the bid for the ABCA tournament. It was playing indoor at the time, so I ended up taking two defenders. So we were definitely even more so undersized at that tournament. So, like, for us, we had to. We had to do that. We had to play that way because we're playing against RJ's team day one or a Florida State or Long Beach, and I have two girls that are 5'6 and 5'7". So our only opportunity, really, at that point to score points is to be able to move blockers around and try to free up as much space as we can. So like, and we've been doing that anyway, but like it kind of just almost confirmed it for us to be able to compete at the level that we want to, that we're going to have to continue to do the things that we're doing and, and just try to master that stuff because there's no other way around it. We can't compete with the physicality of those top 20 teams unless we, we get creative a little bit and try to find some space that isn't necessarily there. Um, and, and so with our two little defenders, like that was our best way of going about it. And I think it just kind of solidified that going in and playing against all those teams. They're trying to do a similar thing, but like just adding some physicality to it. Yeah, piggybacking off that, like we were in that same boat, like I said, brought our top two defenders, like with some uh, like of our blockers not being there. And both of them are really great hand setters. And like 
all leading up to it, we just practice all different types of offenses, like running behind, fast up. Um, like Vince was saying, really running more of a spread offense that puts our setter on almost the opposite half of the court. Um, because like when you pass up and down and your setter goes to option the ball, well, the blocker is right there in front of them when you pass in front. But now if you pass the ball wider, the blocker can't even be there. They either have to worry about that option, so they have to be all the way over there, or they have to get back out to your, your pin hitter. Um, and I think the one thing I learned probably the most from the ABCA was just watching everybody and how they run their defenses. Everybody runs ones, twos, threes, fours, like all the same stuff, but there's little tweaks that you can make to it. So stuff that the the Ferrari sisters did, like things that they did with their defense that they mixed up. Um, some of the stuff that I saw from UCLA, like Lexi Dinnerberg, like how she pulled a couple times um, and like what she does to maybe give a different look to the other team. Because um, like I said, on most of our schedule throughout the year for us, we see just a lot of East Coast schools and see the same schools over and over. So getting to see a little bit of everybody else and I was watching any match I could um, not like trying to scout or anything like that, just trying to see what other people are doing and maybe what stuff that we can bring back to us. And maybe it doesn't look the exact same the way UCLA or USC does it, but Hey, what's the way we can make it special to UNO and like what we do here, um, like how it can fit my players, but the same like mentality of like things, what they're trying to take away from um, them on defense. Like, Hey, we're really trying to take away her cross court shot here. How are we trying to bait her into it? And things like that. Um, so that was some stuff we brought in. And then when those girls came back to practice, they tried some things on their teammates and our girls on our team, like what the heck? And like, they were just getting up balls and stuff that because it was something they hadn't seen before. So that's something that I said, I, I really gained from like that ABCA championship. Yeah. It's really interesting. You talked about defense there. Um, Cause I was just talking to a friend of mine who <clears throat> he's presenting this weekend, right. And he's kind of presenting on um, beach scouting and how to kind of utilize the things that are most efficient from their that standpoint. And one of the things that he found, um, at least, right, he's scouting internationally, so I think there's always got to be things taken with that lens. Um, but even in the women's game, right, the the defense that was shown, anything outside of a basic blocker lined up in the line, defender lined up in the angle, resulted in a first ball side out more often than not. And actually, like, our basic defense – of, you know, what we call one block, right, was the most defendable um, defensive setup that they found. And the thing that actually impacted them more was where the serve uh, was passed from, right? So if you could get somebody to go high off their right, low in front of them on their right, right, low in front on the left, high to the left, et cetera, had a bigger impact on, on your ability to score points um, than anything that you did defensively. And so uh, just something that has kind of got me thinking about, all right, how do we want to go about things going forward, right? So we spent a lot of time about not just doing the same thing over and over again defensively, but really maybe the focus shouldn't be so much doing the same thing defensively as it should be figuring out how we're going to make that person play from an uncomfortable point, which obviously sounds simple, but we do spend a lot of time on pulling and blocking and defense, right? And, And to find out that it, it has less of an impact than just where the ball comes off of our hand from the service line is um, something that I found to be maybe not different, but pointed. It's more meaningful coming from the service line. Um, I couldn't, if, um, yeah, like you, I mean, ultimately you want to be able to put them in an offense that you want to defend, right? Yeah. Like that's, and that's what makes, whatever that situation was with a one block and a, in a, in a cross defender, that's what makes that so comfortable. And so I think the reason why it was more defendable 
is because of the comfortability. Um, it, 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 this is me being devil's advocate. So please, by all means, so you could say, go scratch. I don't care. Like, you know, like this is just like when I think, but like, um, it, it, I, I guess in a sense, like if you, if, if I get the, the way I see it is if you, if you make them do, if you make them your players do it in a game uh, for you guys, it's different because I get it. It's, it, I mean, it's your lifeline for a club, for me, like I can tell them to do something and I'll take an L like, I don't care. Um, they may, <laughs> they, they very well may I, but I don't. And so like, I'd rather them get more comfortable with implementing something that's different. That's new. That's like what Dave said that no one's training or some, or very little people are training it to the youth than to do something that's been taught over and over again. And that is usually the run of the mill, but you know, how can we, how can we get different looks? And so get, you know, get them into different situations. Like I'll tell, um, you know, I'll tell like I do. So unlike Dave, I do have more taller players in my program. Um, so I'll tell them to, show a four, drop a three, show a one and pull a two, um, you know, and, and, in those regards, like in, and shifting the defender, uh, kind of like a swing defense almost, or like an open defender, uh, like an indoor open defender type of situation, roaming libero, if you will. Um, and they're just, and they're just subject to where the blocker goes. And then as well as being stationary by the time the hit is hit, um, and trying to and, and trying to create more of a moving effective moving block uh opposed to just being that stationary uh number one and then number two um the way you the way they have i have them facing um a lot of us we teach as you pull you want to pull like you want to open up your body towards your partner that way you're able to you know pass towards your partner um or at least error back into your partner but i have them pulling different angles and the different angles that they, that they are pulling i have them switching both left and right uh pulls uh because each one is going to be effective in a different scenario um you might get burned on one but you might be able to pick it up the next time um and again like i, I don't mind taking an l on a point if it if we're going to get two three four just something you know but again, yeah. def defendability, comfortability, um, I think it all goes back to just comfortability and what they're doing. I don't know. Just philosophy, I guess. Yeah. Sorry. I, I got a question for the group since we're talking about defenses. Uh, when you guys are doing your pairings and the, the system defenses, whatever you guys are doing in your sand, are you guys giving the responsibility of dictating the defense to your blocker to your defender is it a true 50 50 split where they're having to communicate throughout the play how are you guys doing that communication anyone want to give up their secrets um, um i guess i'll go so i uh i base it off um a few things one um depending who for especially juniors right uh what weapons we have on defense do we have a great blocker do we have a decent defender is our defender better digging hard driven are they better running down shots is my blocker better diving is my blocker better going straight up and then 
once we establish that, then we go, hey, who are we serving? What type of player are they? Are they a tricky player that likes to shoot the ball around? Are they someone that just likes to bang and swing off the net, on the net, be super aggressive? So based off of that piece of information is how we target that player. So let's say one of the taller girls, right, that she's really been uh, focusing on blocking and diving, right, and we play a team where maybe the bigger girl loves to be aggressive and swing, hey, we're going to serve her short all the way to the technical and we're going to let her see if she has a good off pace game, right? Is she good with her shots or she just loves to swing in the first couple, she's going to come out swinging super aggressive. But after that repetitive going short, losing her approach, going short, mixing one deep, going short, losing her approach, we're going to start to see a, her stamina with her legs. And then B, if she's sticking to her guns and living and dying with her swing, or she does this weird, um, chuddy right i think that's what it's called right? it's, chuddy. it's a new name we're coining the phrase <laughs> exactly she does a little chuddy right and uh now it's like ooh, we saw something hey let's keep her swinging and deep till we get to 18 18 and we switch to the good side and let's take that away win the set and then go from there right or she might be hot and we have to go to her partner and then hey this player we scout them throughout the tournament she likes to do this she loves to be wide on the court we were talking about angles earlier she loves to be wide so let's bring her seam and let's see if she goes back to the line or she just likes to attack to the line right so um for me it's it's all player-based and team-based it's never just one dimensional i mean we have a a base right but we practice like we were talking about earlier, same thing with sets and offense, different type of defenses, because you just never know what type of player you're going to play. Right. And and I'll never forget. Um, they called me in to coach. This was like a couple years ago. It was um, it was Forbes Hall and um, McConaughey from UNF Kelly, I believe, or is that the mom's name? Um, I think it's Kelly. So they called me, they asked me to coach USAV and we were playing um, Pater, younger Pater when she still was committed to USC early on and we were playing bullware and people were like, Oh, surf Pater. No, we serve bullware. Cause she was a big lefty wanted to crush balls. And we said, Hey, we're just going to dive into her angle every single time. And that's exactly what we did. We dove into her angle and then Forbes would slide over to the line, dig that chuddy high line shot, right. That she didn't have at the time. Right. Um, and then that's how we went to O in that match. And um, it just it's, it's just based off of who you're playing and what you have as an arsenal. Yeah, yeah for us, I'm, I let my defenders kind of take lead of what we're probably trying to do on offense because they're seeing the whole court. They're seeing where the blocker is fronted. Everything's in front of them the whole time because uh, the blockers, it's really hard to see, like, what's going on behind you, obviously. And you have a whole person back there with the court being defended. Um, and letting our defenders kind of be the quarterback in the situation. and then But then telling the blocker, like, hey, if there's something, like, yeah, you're blocking the line, but you just know she's going cross, then dive in there. Like, if that's what you see, then go ahead and dive in there. Um, and letting them just kind of feel the game out. Obviously, we have our base defenses and what we want to do. Um, and that's my thing that I make them start games with, like, a plan of, hey, this is the one or two defenses we're going to run to start the game, and we're going to find out if they're going to work or not. Because when you try doing a one, two, three, and four, you try mixing up every play, you don't get it in consistency. The other team doesn't know what's happening. Um, and I saw I was watching the McKibben um, Kelly Chang like podcast the other day, and she was talking about how they'll run some twos, even though it's really hard or really easy to score against a two a lot of the time. 
um, but they run some twos because it sets up their threes later in the game. So you can give up some points up to the technical because okay. you're running your twos and you may get a few points here and there off of it. Um, but then when they, like I said, later in the game, then you can run your threes or some of your other fake defenses off of that, and that's going to give you the points towards the end of the set. Um, so, yeah, like I said, letting our defenders kind of take it, but just letting our girls, uh, like, have a – very specific plan because that's what I hate when I go over to their bench and maybe I was on a different court like hey what was going on over here they're like oh we don't know what to do on defense I was like well how, what have you guys done they're like oh well, we've only done or we've tried everything it's like well, why not just run one thing and then see and then just make one little tweak off of that maybe we don't need to switch all the way to a four defense let's just go to our one and like I said blocker you just dive the angle a little bit more on those one balls or step in a little bit and dare her to swing line or something like that yeah I think simple is best right that's that's what it, it, I feel like the the next piece of it is going is like let's get less tricky and let's be tricky one time. Let's try to steal, you know, two or three points um, from maybe a more cerebral play. Yeah, still try to be athletic. We, we talk a lot on our team about like touches are deadly, right? So if you can make a touch as a defender, if you can make a touch as a blocker, like all that's telling the the joke or the not the joke, but the story I usually say is like. If I come up there and I hit a high line and it's a really good high line, right? It's got good shape. It gets there to the corner. It's one by one. And that defender gets a hand on it. I now think to myself, I have to make that perfect high line every time if I want to score. And all of a sudden, yeah, maybe I hit that high line. Now it goes out. Right. Or now it's a little, now it's a little sloppier. Right. And now, okay, it's easier to dig. And so we kind of, you know, maybe keeping it base, keeping it simple, but then allowing ourselves the freedom to be athletic and then, even beyond that, allowing ourselves the freedom to try to steal one or two, steal one or two points and, and let, you know, let the game play itself out. Cause you're going to hit some balls out. They're going to hit some balls out. You're going to get kills. They're going to get kills. Um, you know, it's, it's really hard to win sets 21 uh, zero. I've yet to do that ever in my playing or coaching career. And we, so we were close last year against Loyola. <laughs> yeah, you guys almost uh, almost pulled off a twenty uh, off 20, the bagel. Twenty one one, Katie okay, Katie Feltz missed one serve. Yeah, see, it's always the missed serve, right? You always pop one straight to the net or a little too long, right? Uh, usually around fifteen or sixteen, if I if I have to recall uh, properly. But uh, right, and so being okay with that idea of like, hey, we're gonna lose points, uh, right? We're, we like Avery was talking about, hey, we're gonna lose some points. In fact, we're gonna lose points late. It's gonna be tight. If we're playing a good team, better be a tight match. How can we try to steal one or two, give ourselves the 21-19? Yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, you're, you take teacher blockers, like, pulling and all that, and they pull on the ball, like, off of a pass that, like, 99 times out of 100, they should have definitely pulled on that ball. But somehow the setter makes a miraculous set off of it, like, approach to the net, girl gets a free net and just makes an amazing swing. And our girl's like, oh, what did I, oh, I did something wrong. I did this. Like, no, she just made a great swing. Like, sometimes that happens. And telling girls, like, yeah, we don't need to make a drastic change to our defense because she just had a one in a million swing. It's like, if she starts doing that consistently, okay, then let's change our defense to what they're doing. But, um, yeah, like, not making a wholesale change just because they score a point off of something. This is, so why Gary's so good. Get... this is why Gary's such a good coach, right? Because he knows. He plays blackjack. Right? He knows the odds. Poker. He goes, there's no <laughs> chance – that they're pulling over two face cards again, right? There's no chance that the, the odds don't work. Oh, it happened. It doesn't matter. It's the odds are that it's not going to happen again. I'm staying on cards. <laughs> oh, I agree with a lot of people there too. I give, I tell my defenders more about it's being uh, j just 
sometimes we'll just stand in the middle of court because we know they're going to shoot the ball and we just stand in the middle of court and tell them to run it down because we know that they're going to shoot. And again, it goes down to the serve too, is serving short balls. If they're not backing up and taking a good approach, a lot of times they're going to shoot the ball. They're just going to shoot the ball. uh, And it's easy to run down because they're not making that perfect hit, like you said before. And then, you know, it's so we, we give our defenders a lot of space to make their own decisions and say, okay, am I going to fake this time? Am I going to just, am I going to go this time? And sometimes we'll have our blockers and our defenders both go the same way just because we know that that's where the ball is going to go. And like you said, you know, hitting that block in two, that's the easiest ball just to roll over the, over the top of the blocker and it's going to score. But sometimes we'll, we'll take a fake to the line and we'll go along with the blocker there and say, let's hope she rolls it, sees that and rolls it over that blocker. And then our defender's already making that move too. And so we give our, our defenders a lot more, just let them try to figure it out what the what the, the other team's doing and put themselves in a position to dig the ball a little bit more. And then one thing what Vince said too about uh not always pulling the same way. You know, we I I was always under the belief too that you pull, you know, you open up to the court and you pull back that way. We got burned a ton when we're pulling down the line that we would pull and they would hit a ball down the line because we were turned this way and we weren't getting back fast enough and they'd hit a ball to our to our left or right or whichever side of the court you're on and we weren't digging any of those and i'm like okay if you open up if you turn the other way and pull now you're facing that way your your hand your platform is going to be outside your body a little bit more maybe it's easier to dig that ball too so defensively i don't know we kind of i kind of let them do i mean we work on all the simple stuff all the basic defenses and stuff like that but then it's kind of like during the game you guys got to figure it out and especially this year with me being the only coach, they're going to have to figure out most of it on their own anyway, because I can't do, I'm not going to be, I'm not, there's not six of me on one on each court or five courts or whatever. So yeah. they're going to have to figure a lot of that out themselves anyway. That reminds me, Gary, we're playing five across when you come to town, just to make sure. That... <laughs> hey, fine. We Good. do it down here a lot because of the weather, because the wind comes up. We know the wind's going to come up in the afternoon. So we'll play all six pairs at the same time and say, just go. So. Yeah. Speaking of betting odds, we got to bet on what Kingsville's opening weekend weather is going to be like this year. Yeah. It, could it, be it hasn't been nice very often. So it was nice last year. So I'm guessing for a down year this year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> could be a hundred. Could uh, be snowing. Yeah, it, actually, today, <laughs> this morning, it was uh, here in Kingsville. It was 34 degrees this morning. And by 10 o'clock, it was in the 80s. Of course it was. Uh, sounds sounds yeah, about right. Snow. Yeah, so I mean, it it was it's and through the whole fall season, it was probably even at seven thirty in the morning. I'd leave my leave my house and go to the go to the beach courts at six thirty in the morning, and it was almost ninety almost yeah. the whole whole uh, fall. And then I ended up having a inner squad queen of the court scrimmage because we didn't go to any tournaments this year. And of course, that day it was raining in about fifty <laughs> degrees. So you know, South Texas weather for you. Yeah. Sounds like Florida. Sounds like South Florida weather right there. Oh, look I mean, at that. Mike... It's a lovely little cloud. Oh, my gosh. It's a hurricane. Okay. It's nice again. Hold on. <laughs> All right. We're fine. Everybody come back out. It's going to be okay. So I have a question for you, college coaches. Do you guys um, – because this is why I never see myself coaching college. Just I see it as a big obstacle. Do you guys find it very hard with limited time trying to implement – your system 
with just all the athletes rotating year after year coming in? I think that's a very interesting question because I don't see it as limited time. It's just about how you break up that time. So we started doing individual practices. So we shrunk our teams two days a week. And that two days a week when we're getting that hour to two hours of just that individual time is the same as that club practice of you and five other athletes out there. And then during our team practices, like we have those little pointers and we're going to do that through this spring too. We'll have Tuesdays be our individual practice day where we'll have five practices throughout Tuesday that they can sign up for whenever they want, just max of four to five people per practice. So I think we actually get more time. So what we try to do, especially in the fall, is implement our systems that everyone can use. And then as we get into our seasons, we'll start breaking down the strategy pair by pair by pair so that now we can switch pairs if we need and we can go back to those systems and we don't have to restart at ground zero and say oh now we have to build back up to this level no this is our starting level and then we'll switch from there um like with our defense one of the reasons why i was asking that question was because we've switched how our defense is being viewed we we give 70 percent of the choice option to our blocker now and only about 20 25 and the other five is just up to the offense whatever they're doing because you don't dictate what you're doing with the ball. So I want to do what happens first at the net. That's the quickest thing that's going to happen to the game. Um, so when that ball is coming, that blocker needs to make her decision first. And then we have good enough defenders. I think our defenders are really, really good at read and react. And they have more time for that ball to get to them. That they can see what their blocker is doing. And they can see what the offense is doing and read off of that and then react to the play. So the, the blockers deciding what they want to do, and they're communicating it through hip slaps or numbers behind their back throughout the, the rally, so we can make those in-rally adjustments. Um, but when it comes to the time and the training and the systems, I think we actually have more time, so I actually go slower at the beginning so that everyone's on the same page, and then when we get into those competitions, that's when I diverse and start breaking it up. Yeah, I think the competitions has really helped from, like, our side as coaches. Because um, in the past, like, the fall would be like, oh, we have, like, oh, one competition um, this fall. So you kind of just like, hey, we're getting reps most of the semester. And you're not – it's hard for your girls to kind of get focused, like, to a game mindset, too, um, to, like, be doing, like, play it out full-on game situations versus now we can kind of – like, we have so we had four fall tournaments this year for us. So, like, we went and played. And then we're able to kind of dissect after that weekend, okay, hey, this is how it looks against other teams. Because when you play against your same team all the time, everybody knows the system you're running, what's going to work, what's not. Um, and so now that we have, like, more fall competitions to that, it's like we were able to go try it our first weekend against Southeastern and ULM. And then the next weekend we were at a tournament with Tulane. Then the following weekend we had a the bigger tournament uh, down here with six, seven schools. Um, and then finally at the ABCA championships, and like we were able to kind of just change something maybe every week or so. Um, that kind of was a little tweak on what we had been practicing versus in the past, it's just been, oh, hey, we have one tournament towards the end of this fall or like one day where we're just going to go to Southeastern and play them. And your girls really don't get like a chance to put it into like a game scenario that often and get see how things are working. Um, and I think it makes the girls a little bit more like focused in practice too. So you get a lot more like game reps and stuff. And then like for us, like just getting, having more courts and more like practice facilities i think that more schools are getting um it's easier for girls to get like more reps now in college and i think they did you know two three years ago um where a lot of people were maybe off campus or only had like one or two like rec courts on campus so i think as schools are starting to expand that girls are getting more touches and like i said at practice in your two to three hours of practice per day everybody's getting way more reps than they used to 
Yeah. I know. Um, I think so, Dave, when um, when they're in eight hour weeks, uh, going back to your time constraint uh, situation, when they're in eight hour weeks, it is, you know, they're, they are getting limited touches in all fairness. Right. Like, I mean, they're nowhere. They're not getting nowhere near what we're getting. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's neither here nor there. However, you know, they're doing other things that, that supplement, um, at the division one level, uh, Gary's level is a little bit different, but, um, uh, they're doing other things they're doing, they're, you know, their strength training and, and their conditioning, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, something that, um, oftentimes is missed on the junior side, uh, Gary, uh, your level, do you want to speak about uh, the time? Do you have uh, time constraints and the time that you guys get a little bit more? Because I'm a little uh, muddy. No, it, it's pretty much the same. It's uh, we we do eight hours, but then there's a we can do there's a 45 day, day window where we can do 24 practices that are full time practices. And you can go at that time. You can go back to the 20 hours. Um, so with me, though, this year when it used to be in division two, the eight hour week, you could only do two hours of volleyball and six hours of conditioning that has since changed. Now it's four hours of volleyball, okay. four hours of conditioning too. So I did for me this year, I, we did pretty much the eight hours because with me being gone for indoor as well. Um, we did the eight hours, but we were doing two hour. Let's see what we do. We were doing two hour practices two days a week. And then we would do weights, see oh no we did four one-hour practices but we did weights on two of the days and we did a half hour conditioning after practice after the hour practice where so we still got four hours and um so we did a lot there and again i i don't know we've always since tanya was the head coach we've always done just the eight hours pretty much the whole semester um and it seems it's worked we get we still get a lot of touches but yeah we could probably get more um, so I think at the beginning of the year, it's a little more, uh, um, more that we need to bring in, uh, bring them back for two days, a little bit more and work more individually and do a lot of, get a lot of touches right away for two days and then, and then go back into team stuff when the season starts. How do you guys handle, um, with, I guess more in the fall? With the time constraints, if a player's falling behind, then they just, I guess that's what I'm saying. I can only relate from the club side where it's like, hey, jump in this extra practice, come do a private lesson. Let's do a small group. Hey, you're free this weekend. Maybe don't play that tournament. Let's get like a double session because they're falling behind. How do you guys handle that at the collegiate level? A lot of that for us goes into those individual practices. That's why we, in the fall, we did two. Uh, just because we could pick out those nitpick things that they were falling way behind on. I mean, usually when when we're talking about our athletes, it's usually one or two skills, but then they're outperforming other people in the other skills that they're performing. Um, so when it comes to those individual, real small skills, uh, we, we really break it down in those individual practices with our two coaches. We can even separate it out into a group of three and a group of like one-on-one session that type of thing. And sometimes we'll let them pick their times to come into practice. Sometimes we tell them so that they're competing against the people that are good at the skill that they need to improve on that type of thing. Who here is solo? 
Still I'm so I'm solo at the moment. Like you're solo. Like me, one coach. Yeah. yeah. One coach. Gary yeah, one coach, Gary solo girls. too. Avery, are you solo? Or yeah. D- or D- Dylan, are you solo? I uh, just hired an assistant. So. Woo! Oh, there you go. Go, Dylan. Back in action. Um, it's not by me, the way, guys. Don't worry. My name is. It. My name is Vince Miranda. I don't know Dylan or Avery. I don't know if we've met in person. I'm um, sorry if we have. I, I was in a coma. Whatever. I forget things. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's real talk with coaches then, on the beach, ladies and gentlemen, right there. That's about as honest as. Way to get. just land the plane. <laughs> yeah. was, it, was there an elephant in the room? I hadn't noticed. All right. <laughs> Wonderful. Um. Michael, you got you got some uh, you got a question you want to ask? Well, I mean, Katie just jumped on. I, I feel like uh, we we need to hear from our newest member of the talk, Katie. What's been going on in LSU lately? Hey, fam. Uh, right now we're kind of like slowing things down after finals. All the girls are home, uh, getting to enjoy kind of a break. Um, I think we shut things down around Thanksgiving. So it's kind of on them at that point to really invest in the weight room, invest on the sand. Um, but I can say it's been probably the most enjoyable fall um, that I've gotten to be a part of, like, coaching. Uh, has, the players are just awesome people. Like, we got to get a lot better at beach volleyball. Um, but they make it just, like, so fun to, like, show up to every day. So I have zero complaints. And that is – not always the case <laughs> at this time of year. So, woohoo! Go Tigers! You guys have been doing a lot of uh, community service hours. I've seen on the Instagram and stuff, filling the heart. Yeah, definitely. They they set team goals, and a part of their team goals is a certain number of community service hours per player per semester. Um, and so this year, I've been shocked at how consistent like our leaders and like the kind of the voice behind who sets it up has been for, for everybody. So it's been cool. That's awesome. 